From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce is not happy with the way her organization is going about regulation. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. Not only is it almost election day, but the year is almost over and we're going to move into 2023. Absolutely insane. The past year flew by. I literally don't remember the whole damn year. Listener, Make Believer wrote in and had some words about Western Union. Make Believer says that I hope Web3 burns this business to the ground. Big reason I got into crypto after spending so much time in Central America. Taking advantage of poor people all these years. Disgraceful. I wholeheartedly agree. Do you think their shareholders have souls? There's a better way. And this is a response to yesterday's rant about Western Union. I just cannot stand that company. And that's like, in 2017, everybody said, let's take on Western Union and remittance payments. Because everybody saw that there are people around the world that are trying to send money back home to their family, their relatives, their uncles and aunts, their kids even. And Western Union is such a predatory service. Anyway, I still believe in the ethos of crypto, the ethos of sending payments across borders without friction and, well, doing it for a reasonable fee. And I'm talking about maybe gas fees. And hopefully the gas fees are cheap. And then with Bitcoin, if you put lightning payments on there, uh, we're talking about almost essentially free. So we just got to remember the plot. We got to stick to it. Remember, this is supposed to be disrupting the banking industry and like Western Union because of the stronghold they have on people. And the people who get the people who get screwed are poor people. It's quite frustrating. Actually, I remember on Crypto 101, this was years and years ago, maybe 2018 or so, uh, I had somebody on the show. His name was Sam. And he is a, I think he was an Ethiopian immigrant, or maybe a Somali immigrant. His family was. He was born in the U.S. But he just remembers, and we were talking on the show. We had to, did a whole show on remittance payments of how his family, his mom and dad came over to the U.S. And they would still, and they worked here and whatever. He was a, a brilliant guy himself. But they would be working here, and they would keep sending money back to Ethiopia or wherever they were from. And he was like, you know, this is us trying to take care of our family back there. We came here. We worked hard, better life here in America. That's great. And we just wanted to send money back to make sure that they're, they have a roof over their head. They have food. They had their lights on. They had heat or whatever. You know, so it's like every time they went to Western Union, it would, it would, it would piss them off because they're talking about big fractions of the money they're sending back to, again, poor people was just being taken from them. And we did like, I don't know, maybe it was an hour, hour and a half show on that. And it was a really interesting conversation from the lens of immigrants that were trying to do the best for their family and how the banking institutions, uh, the frictions of sending payments really just almost purposely hindered that for profit and financial gains for themselves. Anyway, speaking of financial gains, (laughs) let's take a look at those crypto prices. 
and the time is 10.20 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $20,430, pretty much even in 24. Ethereum's at $1,574, pretty much even in 24. Tether's number three, BNB. Binance is number four at 319, down 3% in 24. And USDC is number five, rounding off the top 10. We have XRP, BUSD. Dogecoin moves into the number eight spot, up 127% on the week or 16.5% in the day. It's at 13.8 cents. Kind of happy I bought that dog e coin uh, back a couple days ago. Literally almost just doubled the money. I'm kind of wondering if I should just take it out and be happy with the profits before it dumps all over everybody or, or we have more upside to go. I have no clue. I'll just keep hodling for now. Cardano is number nine and Solana is number 10. The total market cap is just sitting slightly over $1 trillion at $1.01 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 38.7 and an F dominance of 19%. Moving into today's headlines, exactly why we're here is for these headlines. Ethereum Project Nouns created a new kind of on-chain organization. Nouns launched in 2021, way back in the day in August. And buying an NFT gave each owner membership into the DAO. Essentially, a tokenized community with a shared treasury. And now the NFT platform Zora is expanding that model, empowering almost anyone to create an NFT-driven DAO for nearly any project. Zora's new tool to create nouns-like Web3 organizations using auctions to NFT artwork, collectibles, and access passes to raise money for treasury that buyers control. It's a no-code turnkey solution that is open source and free to use. Basically, you sell NFTs to people to take part in your DAO, that money goes into a treasury, and then they can... The people that hold your NFTs can vote on how that money in the treasury is used. Their hot take on this is that maybe Nouns is actually the first working DAO in the truest sense. So, now this turnkey solution can give you access to the first working DAO in its truest sense for your project. This next piece of news really kind of pisses me off, to be honest with you. Bandasol. It's El Salvador's development bank, and they've refused to provide information on the government's controversial Bitcoin buys an anti-corruption body revealed on Sunday. Bandosol says it can't reveal the confidential information. The confidentiality limits the possibility for citizens to access and receive information on operations carried out with public funds. As we all know, President Bukele, Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, bought lots of Bitcoin, kind of transitioned El Salvador into Bitcoin. It's now legal tender. He's buying Bitcoin. And he just uh, does it on his phone. Apparently, he just pulls up the app, Binance, Coinbase, who knows what he uses, and just buys Bitcoin. So far, he spent about $107 million of public funds on Bitcoin, and which means in this down market, he has only around $58 million of those funds left. And nobody has any insight about any of this. Who controls the private keys? No, nothing. A businessman in El Salvador, who asked not to be named, described the situation as insanity, and I tend to agree. By the way, if you want to track President Bukele's purchases, there's actually a tracker, link is in the show notes, where you can track all of El Salvador's Bitcoin purchases, where they bought them, the price that they bought them, their profit loss statement, and so on and so forth. The other bit of insanity is that despite all the criticisms, and apparently President Bukele just using public funds to ape into Bitcoin, he's still very, very popular and has the highest approval ratings in all of Latin America. The SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce believes her agency is treating crypto unlike any other sector, with an aggressive approach that deviates from how the agency typically regulates. Pierce said, Crypto is being treated differently. 
What drove this initially was the feeling that crypto probably wouldn't stay around. So why invest the resources in developing some kind of framework for something that's not going to stay? Typically, when we write a rule, she's saying about the SEC, we go out with a proposal. People are either talking to the regulator or talking to the public. It's a very healthy conversation. In terms of crypto, nobody else is in the room. The customers aren't in the room. The competitors aren't in the room. And the regulator has leverage because the regulator is about to bring an enforcement action. It's just not a good way of regulating. The SEC has had past meetings with crypto companies, but they've led to nowhere. Pierce continues to say, If you're going to tell people to come in, people need to see some people walking in the front door and coming out again, holding an exemptive order or something that allows them to move forward with their business and allows us to achieve our regulatory objectives. But if you just see people walking in the door and then walking out either with an enforcement action or with nothing, people aren't going to want to come in the door. Ultimately, she continues to say, you're going to see aspects of this thing called crypto going into all aspects of our lives. And crypto wants to look to the SEC and said, well, I think we can work with the SEC to build something that makes sense. But now more and more, I'm hearing people say, well, I'm just going to go to the CFTC and hope that they come up with a regulatory regime we like. Pierce concluded by saying that people have given up on us because we haven't taken those steps to work with them in good faith. I think that's very significant coming from somebody who works for the SEC. Speaking of the almost exact opposite of what we just spoke about with uh, Hester Pierce, Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission is set to conduct a public consultation on how to give retail investors access to digital assets. In Hong Kong, the exchanges are already allowed to operate under current rules. However, you have to have at least a million dollars to have access to the exchanges because of reasons, right? But Hong Kong and the regulator, the Securities and Futures Commission, said that it's ready to engage with digital assets and exchanges globally. Monday, the government said this. The Securities and Futures Commission will be conducting a public consultation on how retail investors may be given suitable degree of access to VA, virtual assets. And Hong Kong will be open to the possibility of having exchange-traded funds, ETFs, on virtual assets in our market. The government, in conjunction with the financial regulators, are working towards providing and facilitating environments for promoting sustainable and responsible development in the virtual asset sector in Hong Kong. And finally, Apollo Global Management, one of the world's largest asset managers with more than $500 billion under management, is breaking into crypto custody through a partnership with digital asset platform Anchorage Digital. Anchorage will custody a significant portion of Apollo's crypto portfolio. Yet they're not saying what Apollo is hodling. Apollo said, We are drawn to working with Anchorage given their commitment to operating under strict regulatory oversight, their strong emphasis on security and segregation of their client assets, and the ease of use for their asset managers to hold digital tokens. And that's it for Tuesday. I hope you have a great day and it's one week until Election Day. I hope you have a plan to go vote. Please vote if you haven't already. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>